848 on the crosstalk on WIZM. I don't have a particular candidate or group of uh, candidates that I wanted to point to and say, see, look how mean this, per-, you know, it, it was more along the lines of Republicans and Democrats and, and uh, the term talking to the enemy. Our guest on the crosstalk, Dr. Joe Heim. Hey, good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. Good morning, Mike. I, I have heard that from a number of pundits that, uh, you know, every time you convene the media, you are talking to the enemy. Because these days, like in no other election that I can recall, uh, uh, the uh, the media has really lined up with Democrats uh, against Republicans. I don't know if it's Republicans all down the line or just uh, the Republican president. But uh, talk to the enemy is, seems to be one of those demonizing phrases. Well, Mike, I think some of this is like the chickens coming home to roost. You uh, you attack the media uh, over and over and over again. Uh, you don't expect them to be your friends. I think uh, some of this kind of stuff could have been avoided by uh, a more neutral response to the media. When you're at a... At a in 2016 and, and later, when you're at a big rally and you say, see those people in the back, those press people, they're enemies of us, and everybody boos. Well, that, uh, that kind of sets things up a little bit and makes the media think, uh, well, maybe we are the enemy. Maybe we have to kind of respond. And unfortunately, that's what's happened. Well, and it In other does, words, they're less neutral than they ought to be. Sure. Yes, they are way less neutral than they ought to be. And maybe it's because they're grumpy. I, I don't know. Uh, it is interesting to me, too, that politicians, Democrats and Republicans, think of each other as the enemy. And, and uh, Democrats, I think, have enjoyed uh, a period of time where they can say, and Republicans will take, uh, until this president, who doesn't take diddly squat from anybody, you yell at me, I'm going to yell back. I'm going to yell back louder. I'm the president, and I'm not taking your baloney. Democrats aren't, weren't really ready for that. No, I think you're right. Uh, this president deals with uh, criticisms a little different than previous presidents, and uh, they they obviously don't like it. Well, and it's interesting to me, too, that, for instance, uh, and I read about it early this morning, I don't know when you were able to turn on the radio, but uh, uh, Associated Press and Breitbart did a fact check after the South Carolina debate, and uh, to a person... They all lied about the president or about the uh, Trump administration's response to the coronavirus, talking about firing people and defunding and causing the virus to be more uh, dangerous and more deadly in the United States, and that we're in big trouble. We're already in big trouble because of the president, which, according to Breitbart and the Associated Press, is completely untrue. Yeah, it, uh, it seems like the real virus here, Mike, is, uh, is facts isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if, you, if one kind can exaggerate and lie, basically, well, we can do it, too. So you're, you're getting kind of a, uh, a response from the politicians, hey, this is an election year, Mike. What? <laughs> don't, expect, uh, don't expect people to be uh, very mild on each other. You know, if I say something to you about, uh, you know, Mike, I disagree with you on that. And then next day in the paper, it says, Heim slams uh, Mike. Uh, you know, that's kind of the, those are the over-exaggerations that go on. But yes, uh, the facts seem to be the losers here. Right. Well, and that's the key. I, you know, yell all you want as long as you know what you're yelling about. I have told people, from a personal perspective, uh, many, many times, I will never argue with you about anything unless I can prove 
I can prove that I'm correct. I'm never going to have a conversation or an argument on Facebook because that's useless. But if we're face-to-face and I know I'm right and I can prove it, I'll argue. Otherwise, you might be right. My memory is as bad as any other old guy's. So maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. If I can't prove it, I'm not even going to argue about it. Doesn't seem to be the case with politicians. They're going to pick a topic and hammer it till forever. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're, you know, they're... uh... There's a survival mode here, Mike, for uh, a lot of the Democratic candidates, and uh, they're trying to appeal to those voters who get get out and want to hear those kind of things. So they're uh, they're feeding the crowd basically what uh, what they think is going to help them win an election. Well, and it, uh, it, yeah, though, know. and it's interesting. I asked uh, Anthony Chergosky earlier this morning uh, this question because it seems that the Democrat candidates, well, they're all against Donald Trump. Uh, in uniform fashion, but even these days, they have to be, they have to eat up each other at this point so that the American people can pick one. So uh, that's a real fine line to to uh, walk. I don't like you at all until later on when I announce you're my vice presidential candidate. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how these things turn. Uh, yeah. You know, the. <clears throat> candidates basically have to look like they're very much opposed to each other, and they attack each other, and it's gotten a little bit nasty, frankly. But uh, it's also doing what it's supposed to do. It's winnowing down the field. That's, uh, that's, they, I think the Democrats may have learned the lesson from 2016 with the Republicans that uh, they've got to winnow down their field a little bit faster. Otherwise, uh, this whole thing may get out of hand, and I won't talk about what that means exactly. Yeah, well, I, I'm, who knows what it'll mean. Uh, just more yelling and screaming and, and fighting back. I'm curious. I get a text from a listener. Uh, who might pick Bernie Sanders as their running mate? Wow. Uh, boy, I don't know. I, uh, given the fact that a vice presidential uh, candidate or vice presidential person is supposed to be able to step in, do you really want a uh, 78, 79-year-old vice president stepping in if the president, say, has a heart attack? I I would uh, wonder about that. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to unify the party. I'm not sure that would do it. Well, I I suppose not. Although those rabid Bernie supporters would be, uh, I don't know, wouldn't they be willing to support the presidential candidate so that their guy gets a little closer? And what if he outlives this president? <laughs> yeah, he... it's, uh, the, it's the unfortunate stuff that 2016 kind of set the stage for this. A lot of the Bernie people felt that uh, their candidate was distant and not not sufficiently uh, listened to, basically. And uh, the result of that is you've got this uh, core of people out there that uh, it's either Bernie or nobody. How does the Republican Party fight back against... Uh, the, the the demonization when the Democrats uh, are outright lying about uh, the uh, Trump administration's response to uh, uh, COVID-19. Uh, Republicans fight back and Democrats immediately call them vindictive and you're demonizing and you're so mean and you can't take it. And all in some cases, all they're trying to do is get the truth out. Yeah, I think this is all politics, Mike. Uh, you know, this is an election year and you take advantage of everything you can. That's what's clearly, what, to me, that's what's going on right here. The president may have, in fact, uh, I'm not sure he's the best person to be the spokesperson about this whole thing, given his lack of knowledge about science and things of that sort. And he probably should have let the Center for Disease Control deal with this, uh, as opposed to getting out in front. His job basically was to calm people's fears, to uh, recognize that uh, this is not, uh, that we don't have to overreact to it, to express a certain amount of confidence. 
But in doing so, he ends up saying things like, uh, you know, vaccines going to come very soon. Uh, we got this all under control. Uh, the weather in April might uh, cause the whole thing to disappear. That's uh, those are things I don't think a scientist would have said. Well, so I, I you've did got a hear a problem on both sides. Here. I did hear a scientist on Friday say that uh, that viruses don't survive as well in warmer weather. So whether the president meant or whomever started that, I'm sure the president didn't just pull that out of his uh, ear. But I did hear a scientist say the warmer weather, not spring necessarily, not even get outside necessarily, but that uh, that humidity and and uh, so forth, most viruses don't survive as well. So maybe that's where he got the idea. I heard it way before I heard the president say it. Hey, Dr. Joheim, thanks very much for talking with us this morning. It's always a pleasure.